Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK, the nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany, and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a one trillion dollar tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk/greattalent to see how you can work, live, and move to the UK. Du lyssnar på dekonstruktiv kritik i julkalender. Jag är Aron Flam. Idag ska vi se vem eller vad som döljer sig bakom lucka nummer 16. Nämen, är det ett socialistiskt land på ruinens brand som Alias Bati hade så höga förhoppningar om? Japp. So they accuse you of being an activist. Right. Exactly. Because you have taken sides according to the regime, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, according to them, I will say that there are, if I'm going to agree to something, I would say that, of course, I gave a statement publicly in the National Assembly. Yes. Which, which you were t- asked if you were to take sides and you said you can't take sides, yeah. but you would prefer to be on the side of freedom. Yeah, which is, to me, not a very radical statement. Um, I mean, to me, it's, it's sort of should be second nature to anyone. And what I did there and what I was very careful to do was that I spoke about, I was invited to speak about my experience being taken by the collectivos and held at gunpoint. And that was what I spoke about. Not once did I mention the government, not once did I malign anyone. What I did was speak about something that was obviously criminal activity to hold a journalist at gunpoint, threatening their lives and you know slapping them across the face and for me it's it's bizarre to be called an activist by calling out what it was obviously a crime committed so calling me an activist yes i was on on the side geographically i was in the home of the opposition telling that story but they but, also accuse you of being very close to a lot of the opposition in the right co- in- and the reason yeah i mean i think what they were saying between the lines was actually they're they're alluding to me having a relationship with a, a particular person within the opposition even, mm-hmm. uh, which has also been a very popular um, type of commentary on the internet in the past week, that apparently the reason I'm so involved is that I have an opposition boyfriend, which, you know, for the record, I don't. Um, you know, I'm still gloriously single. Uh, however, you know, I... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want the internet to know because it's important. It's hard out there for a single Jewess. So the point is that I have tried to get access to the government. I have tried for three months to get access to every level of the government. If I was invited to go speak with the government uh, and to speak about my experience in Venezuela publicly in the same halls before the government, I would 100% do that. If I was allowed to sit down with Maduro, I would do that. If I was allowed to sit down with Diosdado, I would do that. And I have tried and tried and tried. But the issue in Venezuela is that the people that will grant me access are opposition, which is also why I've taken extraordinary steps and put myself in danger to go to places that are only accessed by Chavistas, that are only accessed by colectivos, to give a very fair and balanced view in a place that where no one does that because it's easy You know, it's easy to say, oh, you know, Guaido is God. 
now I'll go back into, you know, to comfortable Europe again and do my reports from there. But I didn't do that. I kept staying, you know, even though it's like I'm having this very difficult, it's like a romantic relationship, a very tumultuous romantic relationship where you keep being treated like shit, but you keep coming back uh, and feeling the love regardless. And that's sort of my relationship with Venezuela that I keep coming back and trying to give fair assessments of a very difficult situation, which is why I a, don't really understand why they deported me in the first place, because, you know, this doesn't look good for anybody. And having me in there and allowing me the access would probably be a better course of action, you know, in my humble opinion. Well, but I would, the, the, the yeah. other uh, line of uh, attack against you in the, let's find out what they were called, Orinoco Tribune. Mm-hmm. Orinoco Tri- They're getting Tribune. a lot of shout outs today. Yeah. They, they, and they will get more. They will awesome. get more shout-outs. Yeah. So uh, they accuse you of being too close to Sheldon Adelson, mm-hmm. which is a rich American Jew, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, the rich American Jew from what I've heard, yes. Well, there are several, actually. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, fair enough. And, and, uh, and a part of the Tikva Fund, which mm-hmm. is a Zionist organization. Yeah, it is, and also politically conservative, which is, you know... That too. Yeah. So it's all of those things. And yeah, I've studied at the Tikva Fund in New York. And I think it even says so on my Wikipedia. Like it says so everywhere. It's on my Wikipedia. It's out there. So it's, it's not a the- secret. No. And I'm quite proud of it. I mean, it's a very distinguished place. And, and I've learned a lot. And this is a think tank where you study under a lot of very distinguished, knowledge- knowledgeable professors. And I've studied religion there. I've studied, you know, freedom of speech, uh, military issues, all of these things. Because this is my line of work, of course. These are the things I cover as a journalist, and I've never but tried to But how do you view journalism? Because I've read a few articles of you, and you are quite emotional. I am, yeah. And I think that's, that's what put me in this position. It's, it's the blessing of the curse of it all, that I kind of walk into these situations heart first. And even, you know, my security... Always brain first. No, I can't. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not, like, I'm not on that whole... You know, Jordan train. I don't do that. Like this is what I'm, I'm all heart sort of. And that's why I think, I would think why people respond to the work that I do because I'm obviously emotionally invested. Some would say that that's not okay for a journalist to put so much of themselves into it. And to be one of those people actually. Yeah. But if if you're just a writer, then fine. I mean, if you write novels or yeah, I guess whatever. Hemingway was in a war, I think. Yeah, I, well, I'll, I'll, yeah, I mean, well, several. and his works weren't that emotional, so that doesn't really matter. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to stay away from from the Hemingway comparison as, as best I can, but but I will say that I think that what I'm doing is for sure journalism because if I wanted to, if I wanted to give the emotional narrative, if I wanted to sell a romantic story then my, the smart thing to do would be to solely cover the opposition and then write that narrative as it's being sold. But what I have done, especially in the last month, is I wrote, well, one very scathing article about Guaido and the opposition and the failures of that opposition and what, why I think, you know, they've, they've lied to a certain extent and failed to several extents. Uh, the opposition. In- the opposition, yes. Yeah, because you were one of the first journalists to got to interview uh, Guaido. Guaido. Yes. Guaido. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And I did that on my first trip. And then after my third trip, you know, seeing how things change, and especially after what happened at the border on the 23rd of February, um, again, you know, with both brain and emotion, I could see that something was tangibly different in the country and how people felt about the opposition. And then learning more about the history of the work that, that the opposition had done, I wrote a very long article for the Daily Beast about what I thought was basically Guaido dropping the ball. And if I feel like I've received hatred now from the Chavistas, it's nothing compared from what I received from, you know, the opposition then, because of course they felt that I had failed them, that I should be on a certain side and I was not. And I got the same type of hatred when I went into La Piedrita and met with the top colectivo boss in Venezuela. And when I sat down and spoke with him, because they thought me being in that room was selling out, me me being there was siding with evil, basically. And so I think that you can be emotional because I am emotional about Venezuela. I am emotional when I see things that evoke human emotion, but I also think that it's the most effective type of journalism because today everyone is flooded with information, but you need to sell the story and you need to sell it, come at people like a human being. And for better or worse, like all my flaws are out at any given time. I'm really telling stories in real time and I'm doing it as a person experiencing it in real time. And I think that's why it's very effective. And I think also that's why it's perceived as quite threatening by certain people because I'm alone out there. I go out alone and I'm experiencing and learning and asking questions as anyone would in that position. And I don't think it takes away from my journalistic effort, not at all, because you know, I adhere to the rule of sourcing. I, you know, I am fair and balanced more than most, to be honest, uh, especially when it comes to Venezuela. But yeah, I've been, you know, I've been photographed crying and laughing and dancing with Chavistas and, you know, hugging opposition because these are people and I relate to those people. And I show that there, are, like I said once and many times perhaps, is that there are a lot of of colors in, in Venezuela and none of them are black and white and nor, you know, there are nor no black and whites in these stories, unfortunately, no unequivocally good and bad. It's, it's just a really fractured and broken society. And that's why it's important to be there. So how is press freedom in Venezuela at the moment? Well, I mean, I was deported. Well, so. I, I mean, for uh, internal media. Oh, for, I mean, anything that I go through, is nothing compared to what my colleagues go through on the ground, of course, because for whatever reason, you know, I have a certain amount of, of security with a Swedish passport, with being able to reach much further than most Venezuelan journalists can. And the things that happen in the cover of darkness, we know, are, you know, somewhere between horrible and despicable. Tack för att du lyssnar på Dekonstruktiv kritik. Jag är Aron Flam. Vill du stötta Dekonstruktiv kritiks arbete och det vill du så kan du göra det på patreon.com slash aronflam. Patreon.com slash aronflam är ett ord. Via Paypal, med bitcoin eller på Swish 0768 943737. 0768 943737. 
Du kan och bör också köpa boken Det här är en svensk tiger och boken Älskade Public Service som jag skrivit tillsammans med Jens Garnman. Till nästa lucka, det vill säga imorgon, ha en god tidsenhet.